Father, we come now to open Your Word. We ask for Your Holy Spirit to open our hearts and our minds. Be with the, the words that I feel that, we've, that You've given me to work on, to, to share today. And we ask that You would open all of our hearts to receive Your Word this morning. Again, through Your Holy Spirit, just touching and working in us. In Jesus' name, Amen. You may be seated. I, I I feel I need to, to start off with sharing something with you in the sense that, uh, you know, there's things, it's an, it's an exciting thing that God will leave you in a place long enough to grow and mature and, and understand some things that you didn't understand before and even change your mind about some things that you have done in the past or, or have stopped doing from the past. Uh, and, and find out why things are meant to be certain ways. I, I, I'm just prefacing that because for me, and, and I uh, apologize to those of you that have been here for a long time, we have not had an ordination service in a long, long time. In fact, I don't think we've ever had one in this building. That's my fault. I've been in five different ordination services. I have been ordained twice as a leader in a church, an elder in a church. The two churches that I were, was ordained in, one, well, both of them, and I, and I don't know how else to say this, were Pharisaical churches. One is, is a huge building built in the 50s with maybe 40 or 50 people left in it. The other is a beautiful, beautiful facility that Kathy and I went by to see if, uh, how it was doing. And there were weeds growing up uh, taller than a person all the way around the building. And uh, in both cases, leadership was, was, when one church, leadership was basically uh, three um, founding families and whoever they approved of. The other case, it was whoever they could get at the last minute to denominated, literally running around on a Sunday morning for elder nomination, asking people, will you be nominated? Would you stand up? And, and put very little emphasis on, the, on what was going on. In that particular church, uh, the elders had it set up that uh, they would serve communion before the worship service. And it was always a certain group of the elders of the elders, if you will, that had been there forever that did the communion service. They would come in in a very part of the ceremony at the beginning of the church, and two elders would sit up front during the whole service. And, they would, and, it, and I'm not faulting that part of it. But you know the interesting thing was, in the first time I was asked in a, in a urgency to help serve because somebody wasn't there, uh, was, was that after the service, we all went back out of the, the, the worship back into the foyer, and the doors closed behind us. All of these men went outside and had a smoke and a chew. 
And they didn't hear the sermon. I didn't know that was going on. Uh, Kathy and I didn't last in either one of those congregations in the sense of being long-term participants. In the, in, and uh, I just felt there was just too much emphasis put on the liturgy of some things and, 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 and not enough emphasis. And I was one of those people that in, the, in the, the 70s and 80s said, we don't need all of that special stuff. And uh, a few years ago, Alexander Stauck wrote an interesting book that's been considered uh, pretty much a definitive work for to, you know today right now anyway on elders. And after reading that, it really opened my eyes. We're we're more than keepers of the book in the sense of the financial book. Uh, and and we are more than you know that we are guardians of this book, not that it needs a guardian meaning to defend it, but guardians in the sense to make sure you get it. And then we at, at some shepherd conferences they, they started really emphasizing the need to set your elders apart. Not in a, and and when we come forward later on today with the laying on of hands. There's no special power or authority being passed by. What we're doing is acknowledging that God has called these men to come and lead in this congregation, and we're just simply setting them apart so that they are are known to be our ministers and our pastors and, and our elders, our leaders, that are helping to keep the flock going in the direction of Jesus Christ and His Word. Now, with that, I have some things I want to share with you this morning. And I thank you for your, your, your grace for many years with me. Those of you who have missed this, thank you for hanging in there. The other day, uh, you know, I have become one of those senior people. I don't think about it much until I have to, to ride my motor scooter to go get groceries. Uh, but in the senior news, okay, and, and everybody that's older is going, yeah, okay. Yeah, and I just, waiting for one of my doctor's appointments, um, reading the senior news, I, the, the, there was an article called Point of Departure. I thought, wow, that looks interesting. You know, and, and so here's, and I want to read part of it to you. This is, this guy has some definite opinions about some things. With the detection of actual gravitational waves predicted by Einstein's general theory of relativity, one might think science and human ingenuity would know no bounds. Yet, I believe the boundary of knowledge will never extend beyond the, beyond death. We will not know what if anything other than electric, uh, eternal atomic disintegration is in store for us once we breathe our last breath. Now, at this point, I did set this down. Um, and then I thought, well, what's this point? You know, why is, there, why is there something going on here at all? Why is he, you know, getting to say his piece of, of, of opinion here? So I went on and, Instead, perhaps we should focus on those days, weeks, and months that, that lay ahead as we creep closer to the end. Ah, that, that really rested well with me. 
surveys show that far more people fear dying than being dead. Rightly so. This guy's got his confidence resting in the wrong place, let me tell you. While almost everyone hopes to die peacefully at home, surrounded by loved ones, reality indicates that the vast majority of us will expire in a hospital, nursing home, or other institution. For many, this last stand can become one of pain, loneliness, even torture, as the mechanisms of science and medicine are deployed to prolong life at all costs. Now, <laughs> it's obvious where this guy's coming from. He's not, he's not coming from any Christian perspective, any biblical perspective. He's coming from a purely secular, humanist, science, God perspective. Science is the, the, the grail perspective. Okay, understand that. The reason why I'm reading this to you is because then he goes on to tell us how to prepare for the end of our lives by having family conferences and getting things in order and living wills and, 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 and all these types of things. By the way, all of which are important to do. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay? But he put this prelude to it that had absolutely nothing with what he was talking about, made the end look as bleak as possible, creeping to a sad death, and, and the reality is, is that what we are doing is, is, is and, I'm, and I'm, I'm right now with a family who is losing someone they love, and, and there is a sense of joy in the room because all are believers, and even though they know she's suffering, it's going to be for a short time, and then she's going to shed the tent, Paul speaks of in First, Second Corinthians chapter 5, and, and enter into eternity waiting for her, her structure. Do you, not, do you not love those terms? Our body is a tent, it's temporary, we're going to have, inherit a structure that's permanent, and it says, what is mortal, when we die, what is mortal will be swallowed up by life. This guy has missed that. Okay? Take that as a prelude to what I want to share this morning. I am not going to go over all of the somewhat traditional scriptures for elders and, and, and leadership in the church, primarily because we just did that uh, a couple months ago as we went through the bylaws and, and the changes that we have made. I am going to read from our bylaws for a moment, though. The duties and responsibilities of an elder. The term elder is used interchangeably with overseer and shepherd or pastor. As you go through uh, Ephesians, Acts, First uh, Timothy, and Titus, and, and Hebrews and Peter, uh, you find that that's true, and sometimes in the same sentence almost. While there may be a difference between elders in the areas of giftedness, spiritual maturity, and even training and Bible knowledge, all elders function as co-equals. I am an elder in this congregation. I happen to be the lead pastor in the teaching. I'm the one that, that has been standing in the pulpit for... Uh, well, since we started, uh, you know, in, 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 in the late 80s with our care groups and moved on to, to uh, uh, our services in, in, over at Ambrosini School and then at, uh, at here. So, um, but I have never been anything but one of the elders. That's really hard for some people to understand because they come from churches where the, there's a hierarchy. And the, and the pastor is at the pinnacle in, in many cases. I am one of the elders. We all have different gifts. 
We all have different things that God has called us to do to, to be able to bring the body of Christ to maturity at, at, at what stage that we are at, here at this time. Scripture teaches that elders are responsible to God for the souls of those in the church and are called to oversee, shepherd, teach, exhort and sound doctrine and refute those who contradict sound doctrine. They are to equip the saints for the work of the ministry through teaching and preaching the Word of God, modeling godly piety uh, in every area of their life. Each elder is also a director of the corporation. This is the legal part we have to put in there for the state of California. Each elder is also a director of the corporation for the purposes of meeting the requirements under the laws of the state of California pertaining to the incorporation of a religious nonprofit corporation. And at any point that those laws change to put any infringement on the church, we would simply withdraw our, our corporation. And we would be an unincorporated church. We And our giving wouldn't count on our tax deductions anymore and all those kinds of things. But we would never submit to any rules that they would put up to interfere with our, the word and the teaching of the word of God. The qualifications for elders are listed in 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1. And have the, that they are to have the appropriate spiritual gifts, desire the work, and be able and willing to commit the time necessary to function as an elder. Uh, the, the, the pick, the scriptures, 1 Timothy chapter 3 verses 1 through 7, Titus chapter 1 verses 1 through 9, and also Ephesians 4, 11 through 15. Um, and, and I will just Go to Ephesians 4 for this morning for 11 through 15 to, to share with you. Um, he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer... Be children tossed to and fro by the waves of carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, like I just read from the senior news, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way unto him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint which is it is equipped when each part is working properly makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And the reason why I wanted to make sure that you got that was to understand the elders are to help equip to do what? The work of, of, of the ministry. The elders are not the ones to be only doing the work of the ministry. We are called to be equipping you to do the work of the ministry. For you to have the boldness to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. For you to be comfortable with the scripture as God breathed word. And, and so, I want to emphasize this this morning, that this is somewhat what I, I felt was the most important thing that I could share this morning, was the need to be looking at our elders as men who have been called, in, in certainly in the overall working of the church and, and taking care of the things and the needs of the church, but very specifically to be men who rightly divide the Word of God, which is instructions from Paul to Timothy, and that we be 
aware of what's going on in the world around us so that we might protect you against the false teachings of the world and the things that are going on in the world around us so that you are equipped to see those things and not be intimidated by them or caused to shrink back. And so those two things I wanted to focus on today. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 13, it says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Already, something very sobering there. You're called to submit to the leadership of elders. Elders are called, as they stand before God, to account for you and your teaching and what and 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 what they did to enhance your walk and, and towards maturity in Christ. We're told that uh, few are called to be teachers, and it's, a, and it's a double judgment, basically, that comes on you for that. It's no small thing. And so as I'm looking at the men that are uh, coming forward today, I'm looking at you saying, you're, you're, you are taking in a serious responsibility. You will stand accountable before the throne of God for the work that you do for Him here and, and wherever else God may call you. But in that same chapter, chapter 13, so many times we go to that verse, and, and some churches just go to that ver- verse like they do to Ephesians and talk about wives, submit to your husbands and leave the rest behind. Uh, obey your leaders and submit to them <laughs> and, and leave the rest behind. The rest is important. For instance, Verse 7 of chapter 13, it says, Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the Word of God. Again, our instruction as elders to speak the Word of God. You realize that according to 2 Timothy in, 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 in uh, chapter 3 and, 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 and 2 Peter chapter 1, They both refer to this as a God-breathed book. Inspired writers by the Holy Spirit to put down what God wanted revealed about Himself so that we might know Him, walk with Him, and learn to obey Him. It's made clear both in the Old and the New Testament, as long as we study this book, we will never get it all. And we will all get it at different points and different places and different pieces. That's why the, the scripture I read to you in Ephesians is so important. We need each other to make it work. All of us. And the leadership is to, to coordinate and to, and, and to help that happen. God breathes. In fact, Peter adds to it the, the implication that, that, that not only God breathes, but God protected. And I believe that. I believe God has protected His Word so that people say, how do you know the translations today? We are so blessed to have so much documentation and things that we can go back to and refer to. I am not a scholar in, in, in all of this, but I, I, I've read so much about it. And, and I, 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 you want to read a, a great book that, to me, it was informative. It was Josh McDowell, Evidence That Demands a Verdict. Uh, and, and now it's two volumes, and you can get it in one book. And it's been around long enough that you can probably get it on Amazon and CBD, on Kindle, and or a very reasonable price. Uh, But uh, uh, so much for my commercial. 
and I don't even get paid. Um, but uh, the reality is, is that that I believe God has has done. You do you realize how many groups of people through history, both going through the Old Testament time and then into the New Testament and into the the last two thousand years, have tried to take this book and get rid of it. I have one story that I love and I share often, so you already know it, but I repeat it anyway. And that's the young girl in China who's sitting at the side of her uh, town by the river uh, weeping because she just came to a conclusion in her high school biology class, there must be a God, no matter what the communist school leaders say. She had nothing to go with on that because there were no Bibles that she knew of in town. Can you believe God's perfect providence and his provision, that she happened to be at the river at just the right time to see some pages of, of a book floating down the, the, the river. People say this can't be true. I heard the story, I heard the testimony, and I believe it. They were Bible pages. What had happened? The village up above had been raided by the communist group, the founder of the church, threw the Bibles into the river. I share that with you to just the importance of God's word. He, you, do you want if you if God has put into your heart the desire to know Him, He is going to reveal Himself to you. He says He will. You seek Me, you will find Me. Our 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 responsibility as elders is to provide and set the table to those who are looking for Him, that they might feast on the Word of God and come to know. I haven't got a clue where I am in my notes. <laughs> Thank you, dear. Uh, I, 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 verse 7 was to remember your leaders. Verse 9, do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings. We're told again by Paul as he writes to Timothy that there will be a, a sense of moving away from the Word of God because of the tickling of our ears. We prefer to have our ears tickled. In other words, we turn desire to have our nature pleased rather than our soul. And as a result, we'll go all sorts of directions to avoid having, you know, you know, we want what feels good. Contemporary movements are, are, are abundant in today's world. Um, Kathy and I had a visit from a, a, a special friend of ours that we had known for years. Uh, he and his wife were in the area and, and, and came by to see us, uh, Doug and Susan Shaw. And we spent an afternoon together and, and uh, we were talking about some of this. And he said, he, he has this thing in, in the way he thinks. He says, there's the three Ds. You know, first, the, the, that represent the devil, you know, his way of working. Division, discouragement. And distraction, and 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 he says basically all of these things were, are the attempt to get us away from the word and the and the the commitment to the gospel and the commitment to the great commission. And our responsibilities as elders is to keep us focused on the gospel and the great commission and the teaching and the words of God, and give you again that ability to stand in a culture who is quite candidly, standing as a majority, thumbing their nose at God. There's, and, and in a world of leaders that are doing the same. There's a scripture about that in Psalm 2. 
they're saying, you know, let's ignore the things of God and the chains that that brings. And instead, we'll take counsel from each other. And we'll appoint our own system and our own leader. God says, because he laughs from heaven, it's all true. Because he's already appointed his king and his system. And it's the only one that lasts. Rest in that truth of God, it concludes basically, and submit to that or be lost, is a, is a paraphrase. One more scripture to share with you. Shared in Hebrews 13, verse 17. I'd like to share with you verse 18. Because this comes back to your response to this. Pray for us. For we are sure that we have a clear conscience. Pray for us that we have a clear conscience. Desiring to act honorably in all things. I urge you the more earnestly to do this in order that I may be restored to you the sooner as, as, as the author of Hebrews is writing that. But the picture is to pray for us that we will walk the path of God, that we will be men of prayer. Pray that for us. That we will be men of the Word. The men that have been brought before you, and, and the reason why Brad has been added to the group, he was brought in as an elder, and, 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 but we never did this ceremony. Ted and I have both been through this, but we have... Now, uh, we neglected that part of our leadership and, and, and we're here to reconcile that today. So Brad will be coming forward as well. Um, these men have shown you from here in this pulpit as well as in their lives that they seek the God of all creation and their Savior actively growing in Him. They have shown us that they are men who rightly divide the Word of God and that are growing to be able to do so more skillfully as they, as they mature in Christ. And they've already shown themselves as leaders. And I know that they are willing and have expressed their willingness, which is the idea of Scripture saying that they would desire to lead. You don't lead because you want to, but because God inspires you to and it creates a desire in your heart to be part of what feeds the flock of God. We are now coming alongside to acknowledge that and to recognize that. I'd ask Ted to come up, please. And uh, I'd ask the... Uh, uh, four candidates, uh, the four men, if they would come up here and sit uh, just over right here. There's four four chairs that they can sit on. And Before we ask you to come forward, I have some questions to ask you. They're basically very simple questions. 
And based on what we've shared today, only four. Number one, do you reaffirm your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Do you believe the Scriptures of the Old Testament New Testament to be the Word of God, totally trustworthy, fully inspired by the Holy Spirit, the final and only rule of faith and, 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 and practice? Have you read and agreed to the, uh, to the statement of faith and bylaws of the Fellowship of Redwood Christian Fellowship? Are you now willing to take personal responsibility in the life of this congregation as an elder? to oversee the ministry and resources of the church and to devote yourselves in prayer, the ministry of the Word, and the shepherding of God's church, relying on the grace of God and, and, and a way that RCF and the entire church of Jesus Christ will be blessed. I ask that you would come forward. Let's do it and come over here because I can stand on this step and you guys can stand down here and I can be able to touch the top of your heads. <laughs> now, I've, I have chosen to do this in a particular order. Ted and I want to pray over Brad first. The reason for that is that Brad is an elder serving in this church. He, the simple thing is we have not done this service. And and we want him to be joining uh, Ted and I as we pray over these men. And so, Ted, would you join me in prayer here? Father God, we bring Brad to you and we thank you for his years of service and his faithfulness to you, to his family, to the Word. We ask, Lord, that you would bless him and 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 cause him to be the man of God and continue to be the man of God you want him to be. And I know for all of us that we have much yet to grow and we desire, Lord, that you would cause us to be willing, cause Brad to be willing to submit to your word and to your Holy Spirit and to your guidance and, and to continue to grow in, in, in compassion and love and mercy and grace and, 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 Lord, in preaching your word and teaching your word. Cause him to be everything you need him to be for our sake as Redwood Christian Fellowship. In Jesus' name, amen. Join us up here. Now, each of you can go ahead and pray, and then I'll pray. Heavenly Father, we again come to you thanking you for your many local body to us individually as we come together. Lord, you have been faithful
I want to give a charge to you as a congregation. And I would ask that you might stand, please. If you're not able to stand, that's okay. But it's been at the end of the service, and I know that. But but those of you who can, please. To you, Redwood Christian Fellowship, and the supporting family members and friends that are here, because this falls on you too, acknowledge and publicly receive these men as elders called of God to minister and equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ into a maturity in Christ, Will you love them, pray for them, work together with them, that by the grace of God you may accomplish the mission of the church? You may be seated. The one thing that I have noted over the last several years, the emphasis that is returning the church, hopefully is contagious, is the need for elders to take the lead in the ministry of the Word and the, and, and the awesomeness of the Word that they have and sharing it, setting the table and feeding the flock. That's not happening everywhere. It's not happening in every church. I believe to the, to the best of our ability it has been happening here but I am excited about the future. And I thank you again for being a part of this. Thank you so much. Thank you, congregation, for receiving them today. I would like to close uh, with a prayer, and I'm not one that's prone to reading somebody else's prayer, but this one struck me as, as particularly perfect for a closing of our service today. And then I'd ask the worship team to come up and lead us in our closing song. This is written by Charles Swindoll. Uh, and it says, Not long ago our church had the privilege of, 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 of ordaining several men to the gospel ministry. These occasions always remind me of my own ordination, both the privileges and the challenges that accompany the pastoral ministry. This particular service was extra special because one of my mentors, Dr. Howard Hendricks, offered the prayer of dedication I felt should be in print. If you are able, please read it out loud. I'm doing so. Father in heaven, we rejoice in what you have done in the lives of those ordained today. The Savior called them, He taught them, and He greatly used them. And today they stand on the threshold of a lifetime of ministry. Our passionate concern, Lord, is that you will use them way beyond their highest expectations. We know that You are able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. And today we thank You for their parents and grandparents, their spouses, their children, their loved ones, their friends, their teachers, their mentors, godly men and women who have built into the lives of these young men preparing them uniquely for the occasion to which You are calling them. And we pray that You will keep them, each one, clean from the midst of corrupt, uh, corrupt generation. May they shine their lights in the midst of a darkened world. We pray that God will use them with increasing effectiveness for His greater glory. Your Word tells us that when You call us to do anything, You will always provide the resources needed. 
and may they draw deeply from the rich well of your grace. We are excited to think of how desperately they are needed. Men who are committed to the gospel of, of, of the grace of God, the exposition of the word of God, and the faithful and loving service in the will of God. Keep them on their knees. Learning the power of prayer and always asking the question, is it really worth doing anything if I can do it without prayer? Give them the passion of our Savior who at the end of His life commanded His disciples, go therefore and make disciples. Father is a good shepherd. Go before them. Lead them in a plan and in a, in a plain path to do Your will and to do it courageously. Keep them from sin and in their success prevent them from believing their own press reports and humble them under the mighty hand of God. Multiply their gift, giftedness to extend and enrich the body of Christ. Reproduce in each individual the body of Christ, the heart of Christ, and the life of Christ. And now, men, we exhort you. Acts 20.32 now I commit you to God and to the word of His grace which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. And we ask it expectedly and believingly in the wonderful name of our Savior and Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. Would you stand as we close? And I ask the worship team to come forward. way to finish the service, but to share communion together. Because it's because of the Word of, of, of God and the communion that, that was revealed through that we see in communion. Jesus saying that he, he came in the flesh and poured out His blood for us to purchase the covenant of His grace. And that is the grace we preach here and teach here. And that these men are committed to teaching and sharing and mentoring them.